Hey, welcome. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So it started snowing in Toronto, and I got sick. And uh, it's weird, because I feel like I'm kind of coming out of it. It's getting better. My hacking cough is a little less hacking. But it's made my voice way worse. I sounded pretty normal two days ago. <laughs> Yesterday, I was getting a little fucked, and now... I remember this girl I dated uh, in Vancouver. We only dated for, I think, nine months. So she was only sick one time while we were dating. But I remember it made her voice sound just like Scarlett Johansson. And it was one of those weird things where it's like, oh man, it sucks that you're sick. But man, that's a sultry voice. Oh, baby. <laughs> so I've gotten into kind of a weird rhythm, a weird little habit here in Toronto where, uh, you know, I was kind of giving Toronto shit for kind of having nowhere to go and nothing to see. But it is true. You know, there's a lot of cities that, uh, that I like because, well, I mean, really, I guess it's just nature if you want to boil it down. If you got some parks and mountains and lakes and rivers and shit, that makes me happy. And if you're nothing but a city surrounded by more city, like Toronto and New York, that makes me unhappy. So I kind of have nowhere to go. You know, no, uh, like in Montreal, even if it was just like, let's just walk up Mount Royal. I probably said this last time. Just, but you know, just a little goal. Or when I was in uh, Vancouver recently, I could either go to the shoreline or go to the woods. You know, there's just a place, somewhere to go. And there just isn't that in Toronto. But my Airbnb is way out at the edge of town. So I bought uh, a monthly transit pass that I've never bought before in Toronto. Because it's a little expensive in this town. But it's fun because... Yeah, I've never had this kind of... Uh, you know, it was always... You pick a location and you just go there where now I can meander way more and just get on the subway, get off the subway, just fuck around. And especially when it was rainy and stuff, and now that it's snowy, and I just, especially at night, I'm sure I said all this <laughs> last time, but when there's just kind of nowhere to go, it's been way more fun than I expected to kind of cap off the day just riding the subway. I'm out in Scarborough so I can get to Scarborough Town Center and go to Kennedy Station and just ride across to Kipling, which is way over at the other end. Maybe get off there. There's a Tim Hortons hangout for a bit. But just even riding in the loop of the subway, I guess it's nice because I, I don't like just feeling like I'm sitting still. I'm definitely not a homebody. I don't know. Mo a lot of people, most people seem to be and I don't know, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you just hang out at home all day. It drives me nuts. Get all stir-crazy. So sitting on the subway is not that different. You know, I'm just sitting there, doing whatever I would be doing anyway. But, uh, but you know, it's moving. It's kind of going somewhere. Again, that's better in Vancouver, too, because it's a, an outdoor train, an elevated train. So there's a nice view. But here at night, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's nighttime anyway. And just the, the feeling of energy of people getting on the subway, getting off the subway, doing stuff. 
There's the occasional subway stop that is like kind of set up. Warden Station is the best one. It's got these like bakeries, competing bakeries. <laughs> and you can just hang out there for a bit. It's cool. It's weirdly, weirdly kind of comfortable and surprisingly productive. I've been reading a lot of comics since I got back from Japan. You know, I was complaining about the Evangelion anime. Anime I still have a tough time with. But Japanese comics are pretty cool, and they seem extra cool now that there's stuff I recognize. If you go on archive.org, there's a lot of uh, fan-translated comics that are just there you can download. So in particular, I've been reading like the stuff, the girl who did uh, Marmalade Boy, I used to love back in the day. So I've just been reading a bunch of her other comics. And they went to the Sky Tree in one. And they went to Sunshine City and Ikebukuro, all these places that I've been to. And it's like, oh, this is sweet. Like, I've been there. And I'm reading Initial D, the racing comic. And it is just gorgeous, man. Like, the dude who draws the backgrounds for that comic, it's amazing. Just, it looks so pretty. And it's just extra cool now that I've got more of a reference for what the real place looks like. So I'll just be riding the subway, ride around the loop. Then eventually I get to Don Mills Station and I gotta take uh, and I gotta take a bus ride back to my place of origin and I've just made it this daily routine at the end of the day of like let's just ride the subway, then ride this bus, read comics and as I'm reading comics I just inevitably just have ideas for stuff and I get kind of antsy after a bit of like oh, I want to do some writing I want to write some stuff and it's just surprising how how easily it flows just this weird little process. And yeah, that little capsule feeling of being in the subway, it's weird, because like if I was just sitting, just sitting in a coffee shop or sitting in a library, it feels kind of different. But when I'm sitting on the subway, like even if it's a very ridiculous ride from Kennedy to Kipling, ride back to fucking Spadina, take the loop the wrong way down to Union and then up to Shepard Young and Don Mills, like, even though I'm deliberately wasting my time, it still is more directed. It still is like, there's a time limit on it, I guess. It's like, I've only got so much time before I eventually get to my destination. No matter how much I try to make the trip longer, eventually it's going to be over. And yeah, that's, I think, like part of why it feels kind of good and it feels weirdly productive is it's not just this idea of like, oh, let's just sit down and write. Well, if only I was more dedicated, if only I had a stronger mind, surely I could just sit here and write longer. Why aren't I writing all day? Blah, 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 you know, all that dumb shit. It just kind of takes care of all that neurotic bullshit because it puts a container around what you're doing. It's like, I've got, I've never timed that trip, but I mean, it's pretty long. It probably takes 90 minutes at least, maybe two hours. It's like, all right, I got two hours to read comics and do writing. <laughs> and yeah, it's, uh, it's just been really fun. It's of all the things to look forward to or to like be like, ah, oh, this is making me kind of happy to be back in Toronto. Riding the subway, who would have fucking thought? Really weird, <laughs> unexpected. But yeah, it's been surprisingly productive. I have a bunch of ideas. And I just kind of wanted to mention because uh, last episode was my millions of revisions of this one idea of like all right i got a, a new idea oh no a new one oh, no a new one no no a new one so i got a new one but i didn't want to add it to that last episode because it was already silly 
I already extended that episode like five times. So now it's been a couple of weeks since I recorded that final piece of that episode. So the idea to briefly recap is that my main character in my sci-fi novel, she needs to get in a fight and get in a real bad fight where she almost dies and this kind of unlocks her uh, connection with the station. The station itself is sort of semi-autonomous and has been basically ignoring her. And this is the catalyst for the two of them to have a little connection. And basically this, uh, the station itself kind of sees a way out of its own boring existence when it sees this outsider get in a fight and is like, hmm, maybe me and you should be a thing. But it's all kind of wordless and it's all just feeling based. Like this, the station doesn't have intelligence in that way. It doesn't have a language. It just has, you know, feelings and processes and they just start moving in her direction, basically. And the idea I ultimately had was instead of getting in a fight with some random locals, she gets in a fight with one of the higher-ups in the station that she met earlier in the story. And I was like, oh yeah, that's so great, that fits so well. Connecting dots, you know, using previous things in the story, heightening the tension, ratcheting up the conflict. But as I've been picking away, I realized, like, that's not what this story is. That's never been what this story is. This story is low-key. This story is the opposite of Dan Brown. This is, nobody is getting chased by a big rolling boulder, <laughs> you know. So I realized I would actually prefer to keep it more low-key. I actually would prefer it to be a fight with a nobody. A fight that doesn't mean that much. A fight that has no thematic connection and no metaphorical links. Just a fight for no reason with nobody. And even that, I pulled the fight way back that it's not even really a fight. Like, I just wasn't feeling in myself when I'm trying to write this scene. I just wasn't feeling the aggression. Just wasn't feeling like it felt uh, artificial. It felt like a guy trying to ratchet up the tension in his story. You know, trying to follow the fucking writer's guideline advice of like, conflict, conflict, conflict. There should always be conflict. Ratchet up the conflict more and more. And I don't like that, and I've never liked that. And yeah, in this case, it just, it makes it feel artificial. Like on some meta level, it's like, it's like makes it obvious that this is a story, you know? Instead of just being lost in the flow of it, suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I can see that someone is trying to do something here. You know, someone is trying to manipulate me emotionally. That's how I think it would feel to a reader. So I took that down. So it's uh, barely a fight at all. It's more of a drubbing. My main character, she initiates this little conflict, but then she really just gets the shit beat out of her. She just, and not even in a vindictive way, just that the aliens on the station are just trying to protect themselves from this maniac. But their protection methods are brutal and insane. So I was like, all right, cool, I like that. That seems better. But originally when I envisioned this scenario, there's these, uh, outcroppings on the walls of the station, on the inner walls, that she would climb up sometimes just for exercise. And my idea was that she would climb up onto one of these outcroppings and just, you know, lay there and wait to die kind of thing, just to get away from everybody. But I realized while writing that she's in no shape to do that. She's so fucked up. She's like struggling to even breathe that there's no way she's climbing up anything. 
But then riding the subway, just riding the subway, reading some romance comics, whatever I was fucking reading, it occurred to me that uh, because she doesn't have this connection to the station, like she can't do basic things. She can't even open a door. And that's how this chapter opened, is her just trying to open the door, just trying to will the door to open, trying to understand this, this abstract mechanism of how things work in the station. And some of the locals see her and kind of mock her and are like, what are you doing here? Why are you even here? Get out of here, type of shit. And that's what leads to the fight. But then after she gets all beat up, I'm like, all right, so what's she going to do? Like, just, just go climb into a corner somewhere? Like... She can't climb up onto this outcropping thing because it's just it's unrealistic, it's un unreasonable that she'd be able to. But where's she going to hide? The station isn't that big. There's nowhere where she can just go curl up to die. Someone's going to stumble across her. Someone's going to find her. And then I realized that since the whole point here is that this is supposed to lead to her connection with the station and the very next chapter will be about the station mentally contacting her or whatever that the chapter could just end with the door opening that door she couldn't open now it opens she doesn't know why she doesn't know how but it's because the station is like hey i see you now i'm gonna try to help you out here come in come into the door come hide <laughs> come hibernate come try not to die and it's like ah awesome awesome so anyway that's just a little rambly episode, just a weird little... Just thought I'd describe a little plot point to a novel that is not done yet. Just, you know, when it is done someday, that last podcast was like... You know, you'd be like, well, that's not what happened. But I don't know, I guess I really just wanted to record my wacky, uh, sick voice. And talk about riding the subway. What a weird thing. Because, I mean, I don't know what use that is. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Because also, I guess I should add, too, it's because I've got this Airbnb that's super packed with people. So I have a vested interest in taking an extra two hours to get home for no good reason. And yes, yeah, just, uh, it's really become something I look forward to in the day. But I mean, if you've got a commute in your life, I don't know, I guess it could be a similar thing. Yeah, just that little contained, bespoke <laughs> amount of time in your day. It's surprising how, how nice that can be, and just how pleasant and productive and cool. It's like, I got... I don't know, there's, there's just nothing else pulling at you. It's not like, well, I guess I could sit down and read comics and do writing, but I should do this and I should do that and I should do that. Like, there's none of that. You can't do anything. You're on the subway. You got nothing else to do. Just uh, feels good. Feels nice. All right, for Song of the Day, uh, a dude emailed me who was a, a poet. Also, somebody who followed me on Twitter, uh, this girl is also a poet. A lot of poets out there. I used to do, like, kind of Bukowski-style, non-rhyming poetry way back, way back in the day. I still got all that shit on a hard drive somewhere. But, uh, but the dude mentioned, he's like, he says that he likes my steady-as-she-goes writing philosophy. And that made me realize, like, yeah, that is the right way to describe it. And how is it I've gotten through 100 episodes and I never played that song, Steady-as-she-goes, <laughs> you know, by the raconteurs. So let's play that. And I'm sure next time you hear from me, I won't be sick anymore. All right. <laughs> That's a bad way to end. Thanks for listening. Adios. Adios.